Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here again for another episode of the Locked On Panthers Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Julian Council, of course, talking Carolina Panthers with you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and I guess right now, on Thursday. So, excited to be doing this. You guys have been fantastic. We've been just killing it in terms of the numbers, of downloads, and listens, especially from what the podcast was last year to where it is today. So, I thank you. For listening, I thank you for your participation and for hanging with me as we are heading into. We got OTAs. We still got that going on. Gonna have mandatory mini camp in June, but then we're gonna get to the point where it's like, oh man, we're really dragging trying to get to the season, and the season will be here hopefully uh, quicker than we know. Right now, it seems like it's a very far away, and I'm really ready to get there so we can actually talk about football. Opposed to like what could happen, what might not happen, and all that other kind of stuff. I like talking about the actual games, opposed to all the off-season drama, which hasn't really been that much drama here in Carolina. Um, on today's episode, I want to get into a few things. Uh, Greg Rosenthal, who I like, does around the NFL podcast for NFL Network. He had a little article just looking at the depth charts of teams across the NFL, and he had... A little concerned about the Panthers' offense, which is something that kind of surprised me. So get into what he had to say there. Also, I've talked about it. We've looked at the depth charts, and we looked at some of the rookies are coming in here after rookie minicamp this past week. And talked to Josh Klein about that on Monday. Go back and listen to that podcast. Where, of course, rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Spotify, Stitcher, and all the likes, um, wherever you get your podcasts from. I talked about just kind of the rookies. Now, who could potentially be the steal of the draft? Thinking about it, let's get some day three guys. Chuba Hubbard, could it be him? Could it be Davion Nixon? Could it be Keith Taylor? There's certainly plenty of options there that were left around in the third day of the draft. Who could be the steal of the draft for the Carolina Panthers? So I'll get into all of that on today's show. But first, let's start off with Joe Person of The Athletic had an article just highlighting 12 players he believes are going to be on the roster bubble. And I've highlighted some of these players and there were some that I was actually kind of surprised by when he brought them up. Now, the first player is Will Greer. I haven't really spoken a lot about Will Greer. Last year, as we know, Will Greer, P.J. Walker, the XFL Mahomes, who played at Temple for Matt Rule, lit up the XFL at the Houston Roughnecks, came up here and became the second string quarterback and he started against Detroit and when Teddy Bridgewater was benched in week 17, he went in there and he was not very good, but he went in as second stringer. We even saw Tommy Stevens at a point in time. And Joe Person, I think, actually believes that Tommy Stevens is going to make the roster. And I think Josh Klein also, when he was doing his kind of 53-man just roster breakdown of who he thinks is going to be there as we sit here in mid to late May, I think he also had Tommy Stevens. Okay, so like, Will Greer might not be the backup here in Carolina, which is fine. And you see all the workout videos. I know people get really hyped up. It's like, oh, man, look, it's Sam Darnold hanging out with Christian McCaffrey. They're working out. It's like, well, yeah, every player in the NFL is linking up with their quarterback right now. Will Greer is on those videos, too, so that's not really revealing anything. Yeah, they're getting a continuity like that, but come on. Like, it's not, it's nothing. It's really nothing at all, especially if Will Greer is a guy who was third string last year, and now you bring in Tommy Stevens, who has familiarity with Joe Brady back when he was at Penn State. 
And then, of course, he was trying to get poached by the Saints. The Panthers were able to get him instead. I'm not really a fan of Tommy Stevens like being a part of this offense. If they're going to do the same BS that New Orleans does with Taysom Hill, where if the Saints offense is a Ferrari with Drew Brees back when he was there, then Taysom Hill's the break. I don't need Tommy Stevens to be the break to the Carolina Panthers' Toyota Camry, basically. like That's what the offense is right now until further notice. Come on. Maybe it's better off for Will Greer to get a fresh start. But Tommy Stevens, I don't need him to be a part of this offense at all, especially at Penn State when he was more of a gadget guy and really just took away snaps from Trace McSorley and then Saquon Barkley. Like, does he need to be touching the football than at Mississippi State when he left to go with Joe Moorhead, the former OC there at Penn State when James Franklin, who's still the head coach, when he was up there with James Franklin. He got he didn't do anything at Mississippi State. So I'm not really a fan of Tommy Stevens at all. I've been like kind of figuring out how the hell is he even in the NFL after having a subpar college career where he's mainly a backup. Other players listed, left tackle Greg Little. I've already said it. He's not making the roster. Keith Kirkwood, Brandon Zils are both wide receivers. After you add Shai Smith, of course, you bring in David Moore. You draft Terrace Marshall. I just don't see how Keith Kirkwood's going to make this roster. I don't care what his temple connections are, the Saints connections that he has. Those two broken collarbones last year or just re-breaking the same collarbone twice last year really hurt his chances of being a Panther long-term, if there was ever going to be a long-term of Keith Kirkwood here in Carolina. Brandon Zilstra, at least he got the chance to show you something on special teams. But then again, it's hard. As deep as the wide receiver core is, and it's one of the position groups that I really like heading into the season, I don't know if special teams can be enough for him, especially if he's not going to be a returner. Now, Trenton Cannon, who also is listed here, running back, who when I listed out special teams when we did the breakdown a couple days ago, the Panthers were seventh in return yards on kickoffs. And a large part of that was Trenton Cannon, who averaged 29.8 yards uh, per kick return. So that might get him back here in Carolina. Is he going to add anything in the backfield? Unlikely. There is a chance that a Reggie Bonifant coming back could get him off the roster. Then again, like Reggie Bonifant outside of that long run he had against a tired Jags defense back in 2019, what exactly has he really done as a Carolina Panther that would make you think that he would be on the roster? So those are the offensive guys that Joe Person lists. He also lists a few defensive guys. And I was actually surprised by some of these, like I think all the names actually, Bravion Roy, defensive tackle. Uh, I think his main competition, as they've already brought in Daquan Jones from Tennessee, who was a solid starter the last couple of years, I think a really underrated signing there for the Carolina Panthers this offseason. You also bring in Morgan Fox, who can play inside, but he is not as big, obviously, as Roy and as Derek Brown and as Daquan Jones. If anything, Bravion Roy's main competition is going to be Phil Hoskins, the seventh rounder out of Kentucky, who had 30 tackles, four tackles for loss, and one sack last year at Kentucky in a pandemic season. I mean... Come on, a seventh rounder? Now, Roy was only a sixth rounder, so it's kind of not that really big of a deal. One of them's going to make the roster, one's not going to make the roster. I, I don't know. I don't really think it matters that much if you're kind of getting to the point where you've already added more dudes who play that position, who have more experience, and you let Zach Kerr go too. So we'll see how that works out. Marquise Haynes, he had four sacks last year. That was his surprising name. I think Haynes, with how multiple Phil Snow is and the fact that he has shown glimpses of being a – decent situational pass rusher need be now you add in guys like Frankie Louvu and of course Hassan Reddick if he turns out to not be lying to us from what he did last season in Arizona and it might make it difficult for him and that's the same thing for Christian Miller who's also listed and Christian Miller opted out so if a guy who opts out doesn't make the roster that wouldn't really surprise me since Matt Rule says this is a serious football place and I mean, the pandemic was obviously serious, and I don't think any players should be punished for 
opting out, but you have to think having to come in, learn Phil Snow's new system, having to get incorporated with the entirety of this coaching staff might be pretty hard for him to be able to find, make the roster with only a couple months until the season starts. And once you get the training camp down in Spartanburg, Kenny Robinson safety, he didn't make the roster initially. So it wouldn't really shock me to make the roster again. JJ Jansen also a long snapper. Once they made that decision to draft Thomas Fletcher, I thought it was pretty obvious that J.J. Jansen was no longer going to be a Carolina Panther as they want to go younger and get the best long snapper in college football. Troy Pride and Stan Thomas Oliver, two other ones. Stan Thomas Oliver, former seventh-round pick. The fact that he made the roster last year was more of a surprise considering the Panthers' former seven-rounders usually don't make the roster, but he did. Now, Troy Pride started eight games last year as a rookie, and... One of the reasons that Joe Person thinks that he might not make the roster, he said he's 5'11", 195 pounds. He's smaller than what the Panthers look for there in corners. Just going back to how Scott Fitter and the Seattle Seahawks really like their corners being a little bit taller and lengthier. He's not that kind of guy. He doesn't play the type of physical press man coverage Phil Snow likes. On top of that, the corners of the back room has completely remade with four new arrivals. J.C. Horn, of course, fifth rounder Keith Taylor, A.J. Boye, Rashawn Melvin. So he's going to be a backup either way. And he's going to be the smallest of those dudes in that in that corner room. And I kind of asked, like, why did they draft him? This is probably one of those draft picks you go back and look at as being a Marty Herney pick, considering a year in, we're already questioning his spot on the team. When you drafted a corner at the eighth overall pick, you get another fifth rounder, Keith Taylor, you bring in a former pro bowler and a guy in Rashawn Melvin, who's long and is a veteran, has been in the league for many years and he's playing for his ninth team so that one was a little surprising to me but it actually kind of makes sense considering what joe person put out there so check out joe person does a lot of great stuff on the athletic covering the carolina Panthers. definitely going to have him on the pod at some point in the near future so those are some of the guys who should be concerned about the rosters and he also he didn't point out ian thomas which i did find kind of interesting there greg rosenthal of nfl network he's not quite convinced the Carolina Panthers offense is that much improved if improved at all he thinks it might have even regressed I'll get to that in just a moment rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com to shop for all the auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers they have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com I think there's a lot of excitement when it comes to the Carolina Panthers offense heading in 2021. Teddy Bridgewater's gone. I can't imagine there would have been a single Panthers fan out there who would have been excited to see Teddy Bridgewater still playing quarterback here in Carolina in 2021. And even for me, a person who didn't necessarily like look down on Teddy, I felt like he pretty much was the quarterback I expected him to be. And I was never a believer that he was going to be the long-term answer here in Carolina. Certainly had an opportunity to maybe prove enough to be the quarterback for three seasons, but past two, I didn't really think Teddy Bridgewater would be the starter here in Carolina. Now, only one season, that to me was a little bit surprising, but after the way he played and all the words that have been spoken and said about Teddy, 
since Marty Herney was fired in that press conference with David Tepper, the writing was on the wall for Teddy Bridgewater. And it makes it more exciting for Carolina that you have a different quarterback. There's still the hope that Sam Darnold can be the right guy, can be the answer after letting Cam walk last year and then bringing in Teddy and that not working out. Now it's a new quarterback, second year of Joe Brady, of Matt Rule, of this whole new regime. You have a proper general manager in Scott Fitter. So there's a lot of excitement now when it comes to the Carolina Panthers, especially offensively. At least I thought... Greg Rosenthal of the NFL Network, he does every offseason, just takes a look at the depth charts per division. He was looking at the NFC South. He doesn't seem to be really in love with the Carolina Panthers offense, which kind of surprised me. He said, I love what Matt Rule and offensive coordinator Joe Brady brought in schematically in their first year on the job last season. The bigger concern here is personnel. Hmm. There's an argument that the offensive roster is no better or possibly worse than it was in 2020. That evaluation includes quarterback. Apparently, the Panthers found some bright sides in the ugly start to Sam Darnold's career. It's virtually unprecedented for a quarterback who has struggled as much as Darnold did in his first three seasons in the NFL to bounce back and become a difference maker. The hope should be that Darnold provides league average play between the 20s, comparable to what Teddy Bridgewater did as Carolina's quarterback last year, with fewer red zone and late game misfires in Bridgewater. All of that is fair if if we're talking about the Panthers offensive roster is no better or possibly worse than 2020 it kind of hinges on the quarterback position in my opinion I've said since Sam Donald was brought here that I don't necessarily view that as an upgrade if anything from what I've seen it's a regression and I know you might hate Teddy Bridgewater but from what we've seen it's a regression and I don't want to hear the excuses I've had plenty of people DM me and tweet at me and be like well the blah 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 jet and you know, I don't care what happened to New York I don't care what he had there he was, he was garbage, y'all. Like, he was a bad football player. He was bad in New York. There are certainly reasons, but at the end of the day, in life, you have to take accountability for your actions and your performance. Like, you might be at a bad company, but if you don't do the things that you're asked to do at a high level or at a proper level, you don't bring in the kind of money to the company that they want you to bring in after they bring you in and have all these expectations for you, yeah, the company might have terrible resources in terms of sales and trying to find clients and all that kind of stuff. And I don't work in sales, so I don't know this 100% like how that kind of stuff works. But still, in a real-world kind of deal, you got to deliver. Whether it's a Wall Street, it's at Lowe's Home Improvement, or it's the NFL. And Sam Darnold did not deliver in New York. So I don't want to hear any excuses. That is really the main question with the Carolina Panthers. And I talked about people who, who has the most pressure on them going into 2021. And without a doubt, when it comes to the Carolina Panthers and a single player, a single person entity on this football team, no one has more pressure than Sam Darnold. Now, when you look across the offensive depth chart, which we've done this, huge question at quarterback, obviously. Running back, though, you add Christian McCaffrey, who only played three games last season. Hopefully, he's healthy this season. You also drafted Chuba Hubbard, who rushed for 2,000 yards back in college at Oklahoma State a couple seasons ago and ran through Matt Rule's Baylor team, where his wife was texting him being like, draft that dude who killed us a couple years ago down in Waco. I feel like the running back position has obviously gotten better. Mike Davis losing him stinks. But we'll see how much he does with the Atlanta Falcons this upcoming year. So running back seems like an upgrade to me. I don't know about you. Tight end. You add a legitimate red zone threat and a guy who has wide receiver skills in Dan Arnold. 
That's one of the things that killed the Panthers last year in the red zone. You can blame Teddy all you want. You can blame Rule. You can blame Brady. The lack of a pass-catching tight end in that zone, where a lot of teams utilize that, and not having a guy like Greg Olson, that hurts. The Pan- and also not having Cam Newton, who is fantastic in the red zone as well. Like, that killed the Panthers last year. Seriously. So now you have Dar- you have Dan Arnold. You add Tommy Trimble. Don't really expect him to be much of a pass catcher, at least in year one. Ian Thomas, who apparently Matt Rule, when asked about Ian Thomas last week, said, we think Tommy Trimble is the guy that can help us in the passing game. That's why we went and got Dan Arnold. We know Ian's going to have a great year, so I think all those guys are going to fight to find their niche. I mean, that seems like those, that's going to be the trio of tight ends, right? Those three guys. I certainly potentially have Ian Thomas on the uh, roster bubble if he doesn't play like they need him to play. And I did see the workout video that came out last week. I don't care about these workout videos. Every player in the NFL is working out right now trying to prove that they're ready to come back and play ball. That doesn't mean anything. Seriously. Yes, you're exercising. Good. Everyone should be doing that because if you're not working, someone else is. doesn't mean that you really improve, that you're going to be a factor. So tight end, upgrade to me. Wide receiver, I will listen to that as potentially a downgrade, only because Curtis Samuel walks out the door after having career year. Dan David Moore was good in Seattle last year. Okay, yes. Um, yeah, so doesn't have Russell Wilson throwing the football. He has Sam Darnold, which is a massive downgrade you know, for him quarterback-wise. Uh, you bring in Terrace Marshall, who the, the roster had him. The projection is having Terrace Marshall's number three. And I've been over why I think that is vitally important for the Carolina Panthers, especially as it goes into free agency and try to figure out what to do with Robbie Anderson after this season, especially if he has a season like he had in 2020. But losing Curtis Samuel, who has kind of become a known commodity now after what he did last year in Joe Brady's offense, I can listen to that, to that as a downgrade. Offensive line, you already know about the offensive line. Still don't have a left tackle. Pat Elfline at left guard, no thank you. Matt Paradis hasn't really done much for me in Carolina. Uh, John Miller at right guard. I mean, the only known commodity is Taylor Moten. So there is actually a legitimate argument that the offense got worse because the quarterback upgrade, so to speak, is a guy who was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league last year. And in the offensive line, you brought in new players. There's more competition, certainly, which I applaud Scott Fitter for at least getting younger, like Matt Rule said they wanted to do. Are they any better? Are they going to be able to protect the quarterback? I don't know. So, yeah, there certainly could be an argument that the offense got worse. But I still feel like with a new quarterback, even though a guy I'm not necessarily a huge believer in, with a new quarterback, McCaffrey back, those wide receivers, especially bringing in Terrace Marshall, you got Dan Arnold there. There's a lot to be excited about offensively. Are they better or are they worse? We'll find out, and for Joe Brady's sake, if he wants a head coaching job, even though I don't think it's going to matter either way, the way the NFL operates, they better be better with Darnold than they were with Teddy Bridgewater. So that's interesting. Greg Rosenthal, NFL Network, does he around the NFL podcast. Funny guy, too. Not really a believer in the Carolina Panthers offensively. I see where he's coming from, but I think the Panthers are going to naturally make that next step of progression based off of the skill positions they have around him. Maybe not the quarterback, because if they can get below or, excuse me, league average play out of Darnold, that should be good. But it wasn't league average from Teddy Bridgewater, and if you're getting league average from Sam Darnold, okay, well. We'll have that conversation another day. So, who's to steal the draft, potentially, for the Carolina Panthers? Plenty of day three guys they brought in. 11 draft picks this draft. What guys could be the steals of the draft for the Carolina Panthers as we head into future seasons and into 2021? I'll answer that in just a moment. 
Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. Guys, been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. I don't care what protein bars are out on the market, they don't taste as good as Built Bar. Built Bar has nine delicious flavors, including coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. Who else has flavors that sound that good? No one. Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, so that means if you get cherry or raspberry, you're not just getting the fruit, you're getting the chocolate too, y'all. They're soft and easy to chew, and they're also super healthy. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Get your Built Bar today by going to BuiltBar.com and using promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, we always talk about it post-draft, and we're still post-draft. We're going to keep talking draft, and I do want to get in a couple guests here to kind of give a more in-depth look at all, not all 11 draft picks, maybe most of them at least. It's 11 of these guys, like Bill Hoskins, D-Tackle, we going to make the roster after being a seventh-round pick. I don't know. And maybe and I'm, maybe I'm wrong. You know, Phil, I apologize. Maybe, maybe you might make the roster. Maybe you will make the roster, actually. So, so we'll see. I, I do want to get some uh, some guests on here to kind of talk about some of the guys that were drafted. Now, when we look at the day three guys, like J.C. Horn, I don't really think you can call him a steal, right? He was eighth overall, and you had the entire defensive board on your roster. Uh, Terrace Marshall, I know the Saints apparently were targeting him. Why wouldn't they? He's an LSU guy right up there, up the highway from them. I don't think that you can call that a steal either. Brady Christensen, don't think you can call that one a steal. Tommy Trimble. Don't think you can call that a steal, especially for a guy who's a blocking tight end in the third round. So, the other players, like Chuba Hubbard, Davion Nixon, Keith Taylor, Deontay Brown, Phil Hoskins, Thomas Fletcher? Anyone? Anyone? Okay, no. Who could be a steal out of that group? Shy Smith as well. Not Don't forget about Shy. I would say, like, Chuba Hubbard... God, there's so many other running. That's the thing. Like, there's so many running backs who went ahead of him because he had a down season. Two guys that I absolutely love. Like, I'm a UNC guy. I'm a Carolina guy. I love him to death. Like, I love Javante Williams. I love Michael Carter. You're going to have a very hard time convincing my biased brain to ever tell you that Chuba Hubbard was better than either one of those guys. But the combined season that they had, he basically did that by himself at Oklahoma State the season before. Maybe not the receiving numbers, but the rushing numbers. My goodness, that man was so good at Oklahoma State. And yes, and Josh brought, Josh Klein, when I talked to him, they did bring up a good point, like how it's one of my favorite picks, but it's kind of weird how that would be my favorite pick considering I want Christian McCaffrey to be on the field at all times possible, which, hey, he's getting paid that kind of money. Why hand the ball to someone else? The thing is, like, Chuba Hubbard was really good. Like, Roddy Sanf had his moments in college at, at Minnesota where he was a part of a three-man running back group, so he's used to splitting carries but still getting to 1,000 yards. You also look at Reggie Bonifon, who was a quarterback when he first got to Louisville, became a wide receiver and a running back. Ah, uh, no, thank you. 
Chuba Hubbard, God, he could be. He really could be if there was a the right spot to place him, but it's hard to call him a steal and you have Chris McCaffrey on the roster who's the best running back in football, not named Derrick Henry. And we can go back and forth. I'm not really interested in having a conversation about who's better, who's who's not. Henry's a beast. Chris McCaffrey's a beast. Man, both of them dudes can ball out any day, any given Sunday. They can go out there and get it. If anything, I think the two guys who have to be con- we have that conversation about have to be Davion Nixon and Deontay Brown, right? Both had quote unquote character concerns. Something that happened out of dorm at Iowa. We don't really know with Davion Nixon and then Deontay Brown had some sort of suspension was in Nick Saban's doghouse, but didn't really seem to be the kind of talk that we hear with Christian Barmore coming out of Alabama, who's a defensive tackle. Now, Barmore was considered a first-round talent, not Deontay Brown. So you're obviously going to get more information about those kind of guys, at least out in the media, leading up to the draft. The Panthers need they need long-term guard options. John Miller's filling in this year for one more year. Can't imagine he's going to be here unless he becomes like an all-pro. But then that, that might price him out of Carolina, the way things will work for the Panthers um, and have worked in the past. Also, Pat Elfline, like, pfft, what a horrible signing that is to me. Not not excited about that at all. Dennis Daly, I mean, come on. What do we, like, no. Brady Christensen could be a guard. There's just not a lot of, I mean, maybe Brady Christensen turns out to be a guard, and that's where he fits out. I prefer him to be left tackle, but if you're not going to get top left tackle, maybe he's going to be better off at guard long term. So, Deontay Brown could be a steal. You also brought in David Moore as a UDFA, so that could end up being a steal. Yeah, oh, man, it's it's tough. Like Deontay Brown could potentially be a steal. Like 350 pounds, the largest human in Charlotte. Basically, the man is in a solar eclipse, and hopefully that's what he can be on this offensive line. And you can't see past him and get past him to get to Sam Darnold or whoever the quarterback of the future ends up becoming here in Carolina. That could be an option. I think the other one, probably the most obvious option, is Davion Nixon, right? Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year was a comp- was a total beast for Iowa in 2020. Falls back, probably had more of a third round grade by a lot of people. I actually was on Locked On uh, Iowa podcast a couple weeks ago, or I guess Locked On Hawkeyes. Um, Got to get the name right there. Check it out. Um, I was on there a couple weeks ago. And he was just kind of talking, asking me about, you know, where Davion Nixon could, like, fit in with the Panthers. I was like, well, obviously three technique. Because outside of, well, no one on this roster, he's the one guy who could be that three technique to rush on the outside shoulder of the guard in his Panthers defense. Morgan Fox kind of do that. He's a little bit, I think he's kind of a little, I got to look at the, the, the actual their sizes. But I think he's a little smaller then um, Davion Nixon. Yeah, I mean, Davion Nixon's 300 pounds. So, yeah, he's definitely a lot smaller than Davion Nixon. Uh, I think he's got to be the guy when it comes to a steal. To drop back the fifth, to get a talent who could, what, at one point could have been a first-rounder or a second-rounder, then probably more thought of as a third-rounder than to end up in the fifth round. Got to be Davion Nixon. Can't imagine anyone else on this roster is going to end up having that kind of impact to where you're like, well, man, that guy was a steal. Like, no. Nixon has to be the steal on his Panther roster. I don't think there's really any pressure on him to be that. There's plenty of guys ahead of him that have talent playing defensive tackle in terms of guys who can rush the passer. Like, I think Derek Brown can do that. He did it at Auburn. Give him some time here at Carolina, full offseason, full program and all that kind of stuff after playing a full season throughout a pandemic. Give Derek Brown some time, and I think he can be the kind of guy that we saw that absolutely dominated the SEC back in 2019. 
All right, that wraps up another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Great review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and the new Odyssey app, and well, also wherever you get your podcasts from. I think Podbean is one of those. If you listen on Podbean, go ahead and do that. You also can find us on Megaphone. That's where you can find all the links to all the podcasts to make things easy for you. Make sure to tweet at me. Follow me on uh, Twitter, at Julian Council. Going to need your participation, like, right now. You're listening to this podcast. You're listening to wrap up. Go tweet at me, get in my DMs, slide in there, and ask me what kind of questions you want to hear me answer on Friday for the weekly Friday mailbag going throughout the offseason. Let me know what you want to know about the Carolina Panthers. Let me know what you want to know about me. If you want to ask me ridiculous questions like, hey, did you panic buy gas? I will do that. I'm still mad at you, Eric, but I will do that. And then I will bring up your name on the podcast and shame you for trying to shame me for asking those kind of questions. So please. Follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, for the Friday weekly mailbag and for whatever my thoughts are on the Carolina Panthers and whatever's going on in life. Um, even though I try to, like, stay off of Twitter because, like, Twitter is a cesspool. But, you know, we're all addicted to it at this point. So, still follow me. Again, this has been the Lockdown Panthers Podcast. Love you all. Appreciate the support. Talk to you later.